that something? His love? Who can write a story like that? Nobody can. Anyway, good to be here. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Sure enjoyed the singing and the specials and the testimonies. I just want to read one, one quick testimony. This is from Brother Simon. I'm going to read this if that's all right, Brother Simon. He just says, Shalom to everyone. I want to share this testimony which our Lord Jehovah Jireh, my provider, has done for us. Last year, I was laid off in March 2020 after six months with the same company. They called a few people back. They joined, but they cut back pay, and they, we both said, Lord, you know everything about our situation. Nothing is by chance. The devil could not touch Job without your permission. You allowed it. Lord, let us be faithful to you. We want to thank you, and we testified for that. So from last year, my wife was praying for the job. The Lord, Lord says, you can help us. Our help comes from you. You provide a job for us that we could pay our debts, that we could be clear before the rapture, that we could do this with so much income. They'd, they'd set a figure. And he said it was hard, but we were both praying. And she was praying, Lord, you gave Peter a fish to, to pay his debts. Lord, this is our prayer to you. And as they were praying for so and so much money, and they said, God said, ask abundantly, and he will do it in his time, only believe. So on the 22nd of September this last year, I got a call from a company which I'd left in 2015. Are you working? He said, would you like to come work at our company? And he said, we would like to pay you this much, which was the exact amount that they had prayed for. And he says, so um, it was not hard to see the hand of the Lord. And he said, it was better than the old company. They started the, started the hiring process. On 27th of October, I resigned from the old company. And they said, we will release you in 30 days. And he said, now the new company, they said, don't worry, whatever date you need, we'll give it to you. And he said, so tomorrow morning, November 29th, Brother Simon starts his new job. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I believe the message we have is not just in words, but it's in life. It's in every detail of our lives. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for all the singing. I don't think we're going to belabor this anymore. Our time has gone a little longer. Um, we're just going to turn directly to the Word. I th sure thank you for the testimonies, for the specials. Brother Rinze, Sister Salem, we appreciated that. I mean, the family looked wonderful. They were all dressed up in the traditional garb. It was wonderful. Sister Julia, thank you also for the special. It was wonderful. We're going to turn directly this morning, if we can, to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. As I mentioned tonight, our brother Stephen Dodd, he's um, kind of working here through intermittently through December, but uh, uh, he, he was, wasn't sure, and then I just said, sure, be nice to hear from you, and, and, uh, and so he agreed. He's going to minister for us tonight, so we're looking forward to that. Amen. Let's read Galatians chapter 4, start the reading in verse 19. My little children, Paul's writing to the Galatians, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I desire to be present with you to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you, 
Tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he was of the bondmaid, was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Now we can talk, the bondwoman we know is Hagar, the free woman was Sarah, but we're going to go a little further than that in a bit. But I want you to notice something here. It says, now these two things are an allegory. They're two covenants. One of them from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai and Arabia. And answers to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. This is a representation of the law. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. But it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which has a husband. But we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. And again, now, Paul makes a distinction. He's not just talking about identifying Isaac and Ishmael, but he's identifying natures and spirits. And he says this, verse 29, But he that was born after the flesh persecutes him that is born after the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture, cast out the bondman, the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Shall we bow our heads this morning? Heavenly Father, we've been a little longer in the preliminaries, and we don't apologize for that. We thank you for that. We thank you for every part of this service. We thank you for everyone that's here and now, Lord, as we come to this part of the service, I pray that you just settle us, settle our thoughts. Lord, bring us into your spirit. We're inviting you, the Holy Spirit, to come into our midst. Lord, maybe our minds may be in different places, but bring us together now. Father, we ask your blessing would be upon us, on speaker and hearer. Lord, we, we ask that you'd as it's already been prayed, Lord, give us faith for the journey. Give us that which we have need of, our portion for this hour. We ask it, Lord, thanking you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. you may have your seats. So we're going to continue on the prevailing seed, and, and we started on Wednesday speaking on a promised faith seed. So this will be a continuation of that. And so I want to just go to that right, right away. I, I want to maybe say this from the outset. Um, we're not so much here this morning to learn more about God. We're, we're here to learn of God, His nature, His, His manner, His being, and not just learn of that, but as it applies to us. Because as he is, so are we in this present world. So we're here this morning to do it. And these two things came to me, and I've really reflected how, you know, even through the message, we go through seasons. 
There's times that we identified that God sent a prophet and we majored on that. And then there was times when we, we thought, well, what did the prophet say? And, and we would wanting to glean everything he said and it became a little more information. It became a little bit more learning and understanding and, and combing it through the scriptures. But I really believe we're now in an hour of manifestation. We're not here just to learn more about God, but we're here that it may be applied in my life, that it may live itself out, because that's the true identification of where, who we really are. So Brother Branham would say this in questions and answers in the seals, and some of these things are so simple, and we've maybe gone over them, but let me just say it. This way, he said, if you men are still smoking cigarettes and run to poolhead hall, stop it. I don't care how much you profess. If you're holding to the organization, you better stop. Now, I, I, I trust we've gone beyond that. But you can still hold to, I'm in this church, I'm of this person, I'm of that. He says, now we're getting out of that. Examine it with the word. We ought to have lived above short hair and all this age now, but we're doing something God's revealing hidden mysteries that's been put on the book before the foundation of the world. And so we, we automatically think, oh, it's out there somewhere. No, the mystery is actually revealed in us. And now he, he makes it very simple. He said, those of you who have obeyed in these small things will catch these other things. If you haven't obeyed in these things, and, and I'm going to say it this way, little things about our attitude one to another, little things like our approach coming to church, little things about how we treat our husbands and our wives and our children, little things qualify you for God to make himself known in a greater way. He said, those of you that are weighed in these small things will catch it in these other things. If you haven't, it will go over the top of your head as far as from the east to the west. It's not information. It's revelation. It's reality. It's life. And he will say this also in desperation. You can't be desperate until God speaks to you. Oh, church, rise and shake yourself. Now, none of us thinks, and, and I would say, I, I will put myself in the boat first, sometimes we get lethargic. Sometimes we, we just get our senses dulled by all that this age offers. Sometimes we, we just, we think it's just normal to do this and to do that. I... I I shared this quotation with a with a with a few brothers, a few few people, but and, and it was it was what Abraham Americans had their Thanksgiving on Thursday, and it was what Abraham Lincoln had shared with with the uh, uh, the the nation at a time that he actually had proclaimed the the uh, the, uh, the 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 holiday, and I just I'm just going to read a, a part of that because I thought it was so so fitting and so, so pertinent to, to, to our attitude to things. And I'm just, just give me, bear with me a little. But this is what Lincoln said in 1863. We have been recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. 
We have grown in members, wealth, and power like no other nation has, but we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which has preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. We have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. I'm not saying we're put into this, but this is much of the religious world. This is the spirit on religion. And, and you know, I, I, I watched... They had what they called, um, the, on Thanksgiving, they have a, a main church in Washington. And I watched what they did, and I just thought, I'm so glad I don't go to a church like that. Because it was a lot of symbolism and pomp. And says, but was this what Lincoln had in his mind? And I asked this question, what moved the prophet of God, and what was he looking forward to as we go down the road? Because there will be a bride, and she will be a reflection of him. So he says this, we, have, we think that we have mainly imagined that these blessings were by some superior wisdom or virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God who made us. I, I prayed, oh God, let me, no matter how far along I am, let me be so humble that I would always recognize the one who brought me out of the miry clay, that I would never lift myself up above that, but I would always have a gratefulness in my heart to him. And Lincoln says, therefore, I encourage the, the citizens of this bounteous land to return to their houses of worship and to have the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father. I thought, my oh my, how far has it gone? And I say, Lord, let it not come to us. And if we have gotten, Lord, just bring us, draw us to where we're in the heartfelt part of the message. Not that it's just something out here as a realm and we go through the motions. I know we come to church. I know we have so many songs. I know we do those things. But oh God, let it be heartfelt. Let it go down to where it needs to go. And, I, and that's really where, where my, my thought will be this morning. Now, I, I use Galatians chapter 4 and I'm going to just preface now by saying this. I want you to remember God who is God and His nature and who He is. The essence of God is love. The, the stature of a, perfect man, of, of a perfect man starts with faith and it builds up and it ends up with brotherly kindness capped off with divine love coming down. Now, it's, it's nice to have the chart. It's nice to do those things. But oh God, let it be real in us. Let it be a real brotherly kindness in us. Let it be so much that the Spirit of God brings and connects these two together and gives us that love of God in our heart. Because this is a nature that is prevalent in the children of promise, in the seed of promise. And at the same time, there's also a nature that's manifest in the children that are of another seed of the bondswoman. And I'm going to say, we're going to it a bit today, but it actually persecutes those. 
And if you want to really look at it, it happens inside of you. Because this flesh does not like to come to church. It does not like to get up early. It doesn't like to sacrifice and pray and wait on God. And It doesn't like that. I actually was thinking yesterday, I thought, wow, I wish we would have a special speaker for Sunday again. And it did partially happen. But I, I thought, it was nice having Brother Murphy and just to come and sit. And, and, and yet... You know, here I am just laboring, Lord, give me the right words for today. But it, it's all part of it. Aren't you glad that you're a Christian this morning? So the essence of God is love. And, and he's a good God. I'm going to have to go quick and brief here with things now. And God's method of operating is by faith. That was the way that he, he brought things forth. And actually, it was faith that worketh by love. Because when, when you go right to the book of Genesis, how did God bring forth the earth, a dirty, dark earth? The prophet would say, he would give explanation. The Bible just said, Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. But the prophet would say, oh, he cooed. Oh, with tender hands, he loved the earth. It was gentle. It was, this was the essence of God. And I believe that's what faith is. It's entreated. We, we don't want to make the message a military thing where you got to line up with this, you got to line up with this. That doesn't bring to fruition. But let love reign and rule that you know him. Now he's a fearful God. He's a God of judgment. He's a God of the word. I believe all of those things. But I believe that the motivating factor under there somewhere must be I love him because he first loved me. So, so this is the God that we're talking about, and, and, and I want to just maybe, if you can just put up Hebrews chapter 11, Dan, Hebrews chapter 11, and this is, this is how God worked. Let's just read verses 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Now, verse 3, this is how God framed the worlds. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, the unseen brought about the seen. And so it's the same in our lives. The things that people, the, the, your whole makeup, faith and love and grace and those things, those bring about good works. Those bring about who you are. You can't scientifically prove those things, but they're there. They're resident in, in us. So this is how God word, he, and, and, and Brother Adam would say, God believed his own word and it was so. Now, now this is who God is. He was a God of love, but he's a God that operated by faith. The spoken word is the original seed. Before it ever was spoken, it was a thought. It had germinated in his mind. It was something that he had viewed, he'd looked at, and when it came forth, it came forth with, with, with love, with faith in his, in his, in his mind. Verse 6. He would say, but without faith it is impossible to please him. And it says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. 
So it's, it's the same as God, that's an essence of God, so is it the essence of the seed of God. That, that above all, they love him, they trust him. It's not about explaining things. It, yeah, we, we, need, we want to do it, that's a medium. But ultimately, it's faith and trust in him. So I say all of that. Now, let, let's just go back to this part if I can. So the natural seed, okay, so before there was ever, before the promised seed came, was Ishmael. The natural seed, which was the promised seed, was Isaac, and I, there's another part to this I'm going to come to, but there was also a natural seed after Isaac. So the first was, was Hagar, which there, there came a seed through that womb, but she was the bondwoman. And the nature that came out of him was a wild man. And, and that's, that's a continuation thereafter. Then there came the promised seed naturally through Sarah, and that produced a gentle, loving, natural man. And then I would just, just insert this. After Sarah passed away, then there was uh, Abraham married again to Keturah, and he had six more sons plus daughters. And, and yet, in, in all of that, that, that wasn't it because Abraham sent them all away and he gave everything to Isaac. So Isaac was the heir. So I, what, what God looked at, it wasn't just natural seed. Okay, there's a seed of Abraham that, that was in the womb of Hagar. There was a seed of Abraham that was in the womb uh, uh, of Sarah. There was a seed of Abraham that was in the womb of Keturah. But what God was looking at was greater, which was the seed by faith in what God had promised. So we're not looking this day to manifest something. We can't do anything. We, we can't make ourselves. We can't pull ourselves up. But we want to be like Mary was. Be it unto me according to your word. Let me be what you promised in this hour. I am, or the womb, plant that seed in me. Let it bring forth exactly what you said. Now, that, that's just, this is just an introduction. Go with me to Romans chapter 4. I, I don't want to, I want to hit some points, and I don't want to sidetrack myself. I'm the one who usually sidetracks myself, interrupts myself, but we're going to try and avoid that a little bit here. Romans chapter 4, let's go to verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Now, pause there for a moment. I want you to think about it this way, not just history, but today where we are today. Because I, I, I would like to say the message, brother, I'll, I'll repeat something Brother Harold said for many years. The message will not be passed on intellectually. 
It will not be just because you're in the church, just because you've come regularly all your life, but there has to be a place where it's God and you. It's greater than, than your parents and you, greater than your associates and you, but it's God and you. That's the seed that, that brings forth the promise. So it has to be greater. So when we're talking about Abraham, and, 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 and why is this prevalent? Because it comes down to the end time. The two will not be heir at the end. Okay, that, that we'll, we'll come to. But here, he's saying, so the promise was through the law of faith, and not through the law, verse 16, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all this seed, not to own that only which is of the law, but to that which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So we recognize... Uh, I, I believe we're living in the time where it's the manifestation of all things. There was a time under the reformers when Luther came up and Luther viewed the Jews as the Antichrist. Well, we don't view the Jews as the Antichrist because we are living in the time of the unfolding of that. We see it was a natural people still under a law, still tied to Abraham, but they're doing it naturally by a bloodline, but it's going to be greater. Their heart will be turned one day. That still leaves them in bondage. So we, we, we under this, we recognize, okay, and, and, and it actually goes a step further. We say, God blinded his own children that you and I could come in. That doesn't give you a raise to say, lift your head up and say, <laughs> no. On the other hand, it says, Oh, the grace of God that he put us as a wild branch into this, this economy. So we recognize the Jews. We recognize also there's a foolish virgin. We recognize that there's a part of the promise of God. There's a part, let me just say it this way, is it's to whosoever will can come. Because God offered Cain even, uh, he says, Abel's doing righteous, just follow him. But he knew that the nature of the birth that was, Cain was under would not have him agree with what God said. He couldn't humble himself. He couldn't commit himself. And it's still that way today. Until you're born again in your flesh, you're under your first birth, you will never come to the fullness. Until you can die to self. Until, and as Brother Bannon would put it in souls that are in prison, if he can get the nature of your first, of your spirit to agree. Let me... Let me, let me read it because it's better if I read it the way he said it. So he says, if he can get your nature, the spirit to agree with him, the soul to, then that nature dies, the nature and the love of the world dies, and the things of the world is dead because if you love the world or the things of the world, the love of God's not in you. Somewhere there's a death that has to happen. For if you look at a seed that goes in the ground, somewhere there's got to be a rotting out. Now, not just going in the ground and hiding in there, but actually a rotting out. A dying to your own ideas. I, I'm saying, I, I, I'm young. I, I want to do this. I want to do that. But if you could trust God, 
He will do better for you than you can do for yourself. If you recognize that he is your savior, he is your redeemer, and he's the one who is bringing you into a good land, into good places, it's greater than, than all the things you could imagine yourself. I, I marveled here the other day, and I, I thought, I was just in prayer, and I said, Lord, and, you know, reflecting on, on things, I said, Lord, you can do anything. And I just reflected in my life, you took me, a renegade, a rebel, running away from God, doing the wrong things, and you changed my heart. You brought me back. You gave me a wonderful wife. You gave me wonderful children. You're the one that has done this. I never asked for this, but Lord, I yielded to you, and I gave it to you, not because there's something good in me, but it was you, Lord, and it still is you. Oh, it's a wonderful place to, to recognize so, so he says, the father of us all, verse 17, I have made thee a father of many nations before whom he believed. Even God who quickens the dead calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Drop down to verse 26. So where, where did I, oh, I, you know what, I'm reading in Galatians, and I, did I have you in Romans? I'm sorry, I read this wrong. I was in Galatians, and I was reading in Romans. Did I, did I mess that up, Dan? Okay, why did you nod so quickly for? <laughs> I, I, was, I was reading Romans 13, I got to go to Galatians 3, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that was my mistake. I'm rushing, and I'm nervous, so I apologize. Okay, let's slow down. Are you okay with that? You don't have to slow down. I have to slow down. Galatians chapter 3. That's what I wanted to read here. Verse, verse, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You can't prove it. You, you can't say, well, I had a you know, good lineage. I, had, I, I, I got good teaching. I got, no, it's through faith. And then something witnesses in you. Drop down to verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said, not to seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. Now we go to verse 17. This is where I mixed it up. And this I say, that the covenant which was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, that's natural now, it is no more of promise but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Now we drop down to verse 26. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of us have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according 
to the promise. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to take this, and, and I'm going to read just something from the Church Age book. Brother Branham would, would just say, and I'm, I'm trying to bring this to... I, I've done this. I've been guilty, and, and we've been guilty. And we talk about a certain message, and we say, oh, I've heard that message. I know what's in that message. But actually, when you get into that message, you've never heard it in the light of your present revelation. And I would say there's far more in the message. And so sometimes our carnal mind deceives us and say, I know that. I got that. Could, could you imagine, you know, being a preacher and coming where all of those that are listening to you have your study notes? Because you'd all do. My study notes come out of the message. And you have them. And so when I touch on something, it's so easy to say, I know where he's going. I got this. But hang on. I need to listen. We all need to hear because we've never heard it like we really should hear it. You know, this goes back a few Wednesdays ago. I spoke on where are you in the covenant? And if you take the walk of Abraham in Genesis 12, he wasn't asked to do what he was asked to do in Genesis 22. Sacrifice his son. But he was in the middle of a journey. He was on the journey. And, 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 and you ought not to diminish somebody who's on the journey because they're coming to something. So don't be discouraged, but keep walking. Keep believing. Keep, keep moving with God. It will bring you to the place. That's why we keep coming to church. That's why we keep things and, and, and minister the same things that we've heard for years and years because in it there's faith that has to be enacted. So now if we take this uh, in, in the church ages, Brother Branham would say the Holy Spirit, it takes the Holy Spirit to give us revelation or we'll fail to get it. Now, it won't, bringing these thoughts together, it won't take just ordinary study and thinking to make this book real. He said, it's going to take an operation of the Holy Ghost. You know, when, when God spoke to Joshua, he said, he said, if you stay in the Word, if you meditate on these things, if you stay on these things, then you will have Good success. And, and we said it here a few weeks ago in a service, and we were talking about waiting on God, seeking the Holy Ghost. I, I believe you stay in an atmosphere that allows God and those thoughts to come to you. You, you might not, it doesn't mean wait at the altar for, for three days and, 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 or so long. But on the other hand, sometimes it means coming to the altar. Sometimes it means getting at home on your knees. Sometimes it means meditating on the Word. Sometimes it's allowing it to permeate and germinate in you. So staying in that, so it's, it, he says here, it's going to take an operation of the Holy Ghost. This book cannot be revealed but to a special class of people. It will take one with prophetic insight. So this goes back to what we said earlier. God had the Jews. He has the Gentiles. And out of the Gentiles, he's opened it to whomsoever will. 
But yet God also has a people that he's predestinated. They have a germ inside of them. They, they say people who have gone through traumatic experiences. You know, there's, there's things in life that are traumatic to people and that have left a great impression on your mind. And so you, you've come to something and a shock hits you. You know, it, it, we had a baby dedication, so we'll talk about it as a baby. But as a baby coming into the world, it has to be shocked to cry out, to get that life system to, 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 to begin to move. It, it can't be a stillborn baby. It, it has to start to enact life. And so along our spiritual journey, there has to be somewhere where something came and it was real to you. It was, you'd heard many, 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 many words, but all of a sudden, there's a word that jumped out on the page at you. And it's, it's the same thing in natural life. There's, there's a time when, you know, whatever, you were always dreaming about this certain someone, and then one day, there she was. And you were never the same. And sometimes she was there for a while before you realized she was the one. But she was there. So that, that became an impression on you. And Brother Bram says, your life before God will make an impression on your children. The way you are coming to church, the way you are with the Word of God, the way you are with creating a family altar, that makes an impression. If you're loose with things, hey, that doesn't mean a lot to Dad, it doesn't mean a lot to me. Okay, somebody ought to amen somewhere here. I, I need to hear this too, okay? Anybody who's ever been anybody in God had a place that they called an altar. A place where they met God and they knew God met them. And we all need to have an altar somewhere. We need to have places. I, I, when I really am seeking God, I, I pray when I'm walking. I pray when, when, when I'm just doing things. But when I really want to be serious, I'm kneeling or I'm laying on the floor and saying, Lord, I'm here before you. This is my time. This is my place with you. We need an altar. So, so we, we got to make our lives, our homes, altars. That doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean it's just steadfast 24-7 devotions, prayers. No, it's, it's there. It reflects in your attitude at the supper table. It reflects in the way you do things. And so I, I'm, I'm just tr trying, to, trying to bring this to, to, to a place where I'm just saying it, it has to be more. It's a manifestation. So he says, it will take a prophetic insight, the ability to hear from God, supernatural instruction, not just a student comparing verse with verse, though that's good. A mystery requires the teaching of the Spirit, or it never becomes clear. We need to hear from God and lay ourselves open and become yielded to the Spirit to hear and know. Okay, let me, let me move. I want to I want to just speak on this for a moment, bearing record. Go with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I realized as I was making these notes, I thought this would be part 2 and I'll do another part, but I realize there's going to be a part 3 of this, the promised seed part of this whole thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to just try and relax a little bit. But 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. John was a disciple that caught things that others didn't. John was a type of the eagle anointing. John had an intimacy 
I, I, I really wrote a title down and I, I spoke, I was going to say, The Intimacy of Revelation. Revelation isn't just knowledge, you know, the, the Word is opened, it's somewhere in the sky, somewhere it's opened. Yes, it is, but it's never really open till it comes into here. So that's where we're looking for it to open. So John says, Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we love, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and when we keep his commandments. Now I, I, by this we know we're the children of God when we love God and we want to keep his commandments. Not that we begrudgingly keep it. No, I'm born of God. I love the things of God. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and, whose, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, I, I, we spoke a little bit and we touched on Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So he was righteous before he ever did anything, but by, just by believing. But because he believed, it manifest into works. And so... Uh, when you look at what Paul says, he says it was accounted for righteousness. Then James picks it up and he says, Abraham, when he offered up Isaac, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So it was works, but one was God saw the inside, but the other one was what man saw on the outside. Yeah, he's a believer. It shows up in him. He actually, there's something about him. And, and, it actually needs to show up in ourselves. We can mentally agree, but until we actually do it. Amen. You know, there, there's something about actually doing it. You can, you can have the money in the bank. You get a, a bill statement. You can have the money in the bank statement. It's paid. But until you actually pay it, there's nothing done yet. <laughs> and you know what? When you pay it, something goes, now it's done. There's something that happens. So, so it's, it's, it's the same way with us. There's something's got to manifest. So it's Abraham believed God, righteousness. He did this and this. It actually goes a step further. Abraham became Abraham, which was God in him. And it was a part of God in Abraham. So now when Abraham said something, God was going to come and he was going to destroy Sodom, but, but Abraham, who was the friend of God, and, and, and why would God come by and he says, Abraham is my friend, I'm not going to hide anything from him. He was actually waiting for a response from Abraham. God wanted Abraham to say something to change his mind. Now, Look at where we're at today. You're not here just a blind follower, a robot. There's a part of God that lives in you. There's a part of God that needs to be expressed in you. There's a part of God that he's relying on you in your prayer life, in what you do. He wants to see you. I, I won't get into 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, but he who now letteth. There's a spirit in the world 
that this is running over everybody. But there's also a spirit, the Holy Ghost in the bride that is not letting everything happen. It's a part of you and say, no, I'm not going to go along with the crowd. No, I'm not. Why? There's a part of God in me. Now, I'll read this this way. There's just three quotes that, that fit this train of thought. First, in 1962, convinced and concerned. A man's got to be convinced first. The only convincing thing is the manifestation or the identity of the gospel being identified in you. When you see you've passed from death to life, you become a new creature in Christ, that's the identity of the Holy Spirit. How can the Holy Spirit write the Bible and turn around and deny what he wrote? He cannot do it. That's the identity of unbelief. But the identity of belief is these signs shall identify those who believe in me. So this is what John's saying. How do we know we're gone? Because I love, I, I love the things of God. I love the Word of God. And, and it manifests that I actually love the people of God. And it goes further than that. I actually love the sinner too. And I got a burden for the sinner. And I don't, and I don't go and persecute people. Listen, elect does not persecute elect. In fact, elect persecutes very few people. Elect will stand for the truth. But it manifests. It's actually in you. Uh-oh. I let, it, let it live in us in a greater way, Lord. If, and the brother man would say in, in the message, God's billboard, if somebody accused you of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to prove it? Yeah, he's guilty. Here's the evidence. He gave this to this and such. He went and prayed for so-and-so. He did this. He, 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 somebody said something terrible against him. He just let it go. And he just went on. There, there's proof of a Christian. We are killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep of the slaughter. There's a, there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to stand up. So, so he says this now. The next message is 1963, Christ the mystery of God revealed. And Brother Branham would say, we should be identified with him because he has identified himself in us. Now that, how is that, he said? It's by living for him, not just a confession. I will add, not just words, but by living for him. How does that manifest? Well, it... it it, it can manifest as simple as it is in Laodicea, where, we, hey, listen, we just came through Black Friday. We're about to enter Cyber Monday. It's, it's all about, here's these deals. And, and, and my wife and I were talking. I said, oh, there's, there's some deals. And I said, listen, I really don't need extra clothes or I don't need extra this. I, you know, no matter how good the deal is, I don't need it. What I need is maybe a little more time in prayer. If, if I'm going to buy something, I, I probably could get, do better to give it to somebody else. That, 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 that may sound simple, but that's not living for yourself. That's living for others. That's a part of who Christ is. That's a part of denying yourself daily. I deny myself. You know, Laodicea, it's all about get all you can, accumulate all you can, you know, hoard all you can. It's all about self. That, that's not, that, I don't want to live that kind of life. I thank God for everything He gives us. 
But I, I, I don't need to go beyond. It, it, it's defined as the days of Noah. It's defined as the days of Lot when it's excess of things. There's a necessity, but you don't need excesses. Sorry, that was just a free commercial in the middle there. Now he says, by living for him. Now the only way, this, this, is, this is just simple and straight. He says, the only way you can actually be a Christian is for Christ to identify himself in you. It's not him that says, Lord, Lord. No, but it's him that God said, this is my son. This is my daughter. And when he identifies, when you see yourself... Listen, there's a lot of frustrations that comes because you know, this is the measuring rod. I just can't get there. But after a while, after butting your head and after dying out, after coming, you know, you step and you step and all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm not back there anymore. I'm here now. Why? Because in me, now it's happening naturally, that which I was struggling to do in myself. Time to pray. Flesh. Kneel down. No, but there's a times you wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and something's on your heart and you drop to your knees and you say, oh God, and I don't know who it is or what it is or this is in, and you drop to your knees. Sometimes it's songs of praise in the middle of the night. Sometimes it's burdens. Sometimes it's first thing in the morning. I got all of this in front of me. It's natural to drop to my knees. And oh God, I need to talk with you. I need to know before I go into the day. It, it's not just saying, okay, I, I got five minutes. Lord, I'm giving it to you right now. No, it's natural. Amen. And in fact, you know, if you want to make it natural, make it, if it's not the first thing, but make it something that's habitual. Saying, well, instead of rushing out the door and having five minutes, why don't you get up 15 minutes earlier and actually take the time, and I guarantee you, it will make a difference. And how do you do it? You establish a pattern of works. Wesley taught this. A pattern of works, and it becomes a way of living. It becomes something, no, I love him, therefore I'm going to get up earlier. I love him, I'm going to put aside video games. I love him, I'm not going to spend so much time worrying about other people. I'm going to worry about what he thinks. It, it can be difficult for a minister because you can say, well, I, I, I got to get ready for the service and you can make it all about religion and serve. But I'll tell you what, I find I need time with God myself. Amen. And I have to make that time. It doesn't come easy. Oh, you say, well, Brother Ed, you're studying. No, quite often I need, I, I got my own things with him. I need to, Brother Moses, thank you for the service you said on ministering to the Lord. I think we need to say time. I didn't, there's a song a sister sang years ago. I think it was Sister Ruth Helm. She came to a convention. He sang a song. I didn't come here for anything else. I just came here to say, I love you, Lord. And I, and I tell you, that, that song so at that time was, became a part of my life and a fabric. And I said, Lord, I'm not coming here with where I put my head down and say, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. And then say, okay, thank you, Lord. And off I go without even looking at you and stopping to reflect on you. It's such a busy life. Okay, so he says, the only way you can be a Christian is for Christ to identify himself. Wow, he says, 
that's some stinger there. <laughs> I'm, how are you a Christian? Well, m- my name is on the church directory. Uh, how are you a Christian? Well, my family comes to this church. I, I, I'm, I'm there lots of times. No, I'm a Christian because I want to be here. He says, now, when Christ is identified in you, then you are Christ-like. There's your identification. We should be identified with him by living for him. In the token message, 1964, the token is the word identified in you, living itself out. That's God being his own interpreter. He interprets your life by the word. I want you to think about something. I talked about impression. In the life of Abraham, what caused Abraham when he heard a voice and say, leave your people, leave everything, what was it that moved him? It, was, it hit something. It caused something. Likewise, when Abraham did that, now there was baggage that went with him, and, and, and he believed it, but yet it didn't completely separate. And then, but at certain intervals, I found this very key is when there was a dispute that rose up, Abraham didn't try to have his own way. He says, Lot, you want, you want that green grass? You take it. I'll, I'll take this. What, what caused that? Now, if, and, and you all know your nature. You know, if your nature is, I got to possess, I got to have, I got to control. Sometimes God works on you and say, you got to let go. Amen. Sometimes you're selfish and God says, and, and Brother Man would say, I, I'm selfish. Says, How do I do it? He says, do the opposite. Start doing the opposite. If, if you're selfish, give something to others. Do something there. And whatever, whatever our particular nature is, Abraham, it actually began to define he wasn't all about what I can gain in my kingdom on earth. Likewise, what caused Abraham after he went to war for his nephew that left him and took the better land, what was it that went after him? And then when the king of Sodom comes out and says, hey, Abraham, it's all yours, he says, I don't even want to... A shoe latchet. What caused Abraham to do that? And what caused him, by the same token, in the next verses, to say, Melchizedek, I give a tenth of everything I am. This was a nature that was resident in him before he even knew what was happening. Yep. Now, I think, now think about Brother Branham, and I'm going to put yourself in the same thing. Brother Branham, he... He didn't know why he was so against the way women were in this age. How at his birth he saw it, and how he saw it in the church, and and, and then certain other things along the way. It was something that was moving subconsciously, and it was there, not intellectually, but it was something that he was born with, and it was pushing out. It was leading him out. He would even preach serpent seed. And he would preach it, and, 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 and yet he was subject of much ridicule by the church world because of it. And then, you know, he would, he would go on that, but 
It, and, and, and you could say, when the word opened, did it all open in 63? Or was there parts of it that began to open already as a precursor? Because in 1963, he would come up and say, now let them challenge me on this. Because what he had already experienced now was a reality to him. And I say, there's things like that in our life. There's things you don't understand. Why did I stop going to this job? Why did I stop this friendship? Why did I rather do this? Why did I do that? Because you're born of the Spirit. And you don't know all the time with your head what you're doing. But there's something so real. It connects in you. And then after you say, and you look back at your life and you look, now I know. If I would have done that, why did... Sometimes I come to a decision and I don't know why I have to pray so much. But I know it's critical and I must pray. Now, it's the same in our lives. There, there's things we're catching in the message intellectually. But sometimes something burns deeper. And, and I, I would say learn to listen to that. Why? That's a faith seed, not an intellectual learning seed. It's a faith seed. Peter by no means could explain when Jesus said, except you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you have no part in me. And, and if somebody would say, Peter, you're going to follow that guy? He says, I, I, I don't know where else I'm going to go. This guy alone has the words of life. And people come and they, it's the same conditions. They challenge us. What about this and brother man? Listen, I'm just honest. I don't know. But all I know is that this is real. I'm not here to defend it. It defends me. The faith that I, and I can't explain it. But somewhere down the road, I know he'll make it real. Because my heart is to believe every word. And I don't understand, you know, as, as it's unfolding, and I don't understand, but I believe it. And I say the first absolute you come to is saying, this man, this message alone is the words of life in this age. I didn't finish John, but let's just go back to verse, 1 John chapter 5. Verse 6, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. It isn't because I got the message. It's here. No, it's actually here. That, that's, that's the truth. And he says, verse 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father the Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one. If we receive the witness of... So, sorry, I, I skipped one, verse 8. These three are one. So, he's not divided. The God that was the Father came down in the Son, the same God, that same God went up and ascended and came down and dwells in us, a part of him. Now it says on earth, there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. These three agree in one. We have a oneness, but it's not the same kind of oneness. Okay, I'm, I'm going to divert in a moment here. Let me finish this thought, and then I'm going to divert. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. 
And he that has this witness of God has testified of his son. He that believeth on the son of God has this witness in himself. He believes not God has made, if he believe, he that believeth not God hath, hath made him a liar. He, believeth, he that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave his son. And this is the record that God gave us eternal life and this life is in the son. All the religions of the earth Brother John, I appreciated your young people's message on, on Friday. I, it was wonderful. Just a great historical account. But it brings... I don't think we ever have a need to be ashamed. I, I, you know, what the Buddhists got and what the Muslims got and, and what all these other religions got, none of them have life like we have life. Because the life... The, none of them can have a nature change outside of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying there's good people. I'm not saying that they can't have a measure. But I said, I know what I was. I couldn't live this message. But the spirit that comes inside of me, it lives this message. Let's go back for a moment to Leviticus, Brother Dan. I'm going to just jump way ahead here because I'm not going to finish this anyway. I'm, there's a part of... I wanted to really get into the message of seed is not air with the shuck, but I, I will, I think I'm going to leave it and separate that part. Leviticus chapter 23. There's seven feasts in the book of Leviticus. First is the feast of Passover. Then is the, the feast of unleavened bread. And after the feast of unleavened bread is the waving of the sheaf. Now those first three feasts are one gathering. And so it's the 14th day is the Passover, then the Feast of Unleavened Bread on the 15th day. It's a feast, seven days. And whenever the Bible says, you shall do no servile work, it means you're not doing anything, God's doing something. Okay, something you can't do. And he, and he, he would say, now, then it goes into... Chapter 23, and this is from verses 9 to 14. I didn't give you these, Brother Dan, but it speaks about a, the harvest has come. You bring the first fruits of the harvest, and you wave that sheaf over the crop that has the promise. Okay? Now, remember, it was the Passover, which was eating the lamb. So eating the lamb. Then it was unleavened bread, no leaven in the bread at all. So no leaven whatsoever, and then it was the first, the first fruits. But now go down to verse 15. And you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, and it says, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Now who was the wave offering? Christ. Christ was the wave offering. He was waved over the people that had the promise of life. Now, you come into seven Sabbaths, which Brother Branham will actually type as seven church ages. And he will say, and he says, and you shall count from the morrow, from the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths, even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall you number 50 days. So, it's seven Sabbaths, which brings you to Saturday. The next one is Sunday, 
which is resurrection. But he says, you shall offer a new meat offering. Now, this feast is really typing the day of Pentecost. And you shall bring out of your habitation two wave loaves of two-tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. They are first fruits unto the Lord. Now it's not unleaven, it's leaven. Which types what? Deity, the Holy Spirit, coming down into a fallen nature, a fallen flesh, leaven. We have leaven inside of us. We are not the fullness, but God is bringing something together. He is bringing into this temple. He's mixing something. So it says, and you shall offer with the bread seven lambs. It goes into an offering in verse 18. And in verse 19, also an offering. Now verse 20. And the priest shall wave with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before the Lord with the two lambs. They shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. Now, what's he waving? Now it's not... It's not Christ, but now it's a wave offering with leaven in it. This is the bride. This is her whom I have deposited my spirit in. They are still in their flesh. They're still not, they they make mistakes outwardly if you look at them. But inside, there is something that I am bringing to pass that they cannot bring to pass. It's not about us. We are the womb He is the seed. In Genesis chapter 3, it said, the seed of the woman. The woman doesn't have a seed. But Christ, he came to the woman. He was born without, he was born without sex desire, but that was the overcoming portion. Now, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just maybe read a little bit of this from Seed is not air with the shuck. Let me just read a little bit of this now. Brother Branham would say this. Paul is speaking to the literal seed of Abraham's two sons. Paul gladly is bringing himself into the position of the birth by the free woman. And he's saying, so he had two sons by two different women. One was... Uh, a, a son that was born through, through uh, Hagar, the other by promise through Sarah, and through this, and then there would be another son born, and through this son, the world would be blessed. Now, he will say, there are three in the perfection. The perfection of the seed of, Israel, of Abraham was Ishmael, Isaac, and Jesus. He said, Ishmael coming from the bondwoman, Isaac coming from the free woman, both of them with sex, but Jesus Christ coming from the virgin, no sex. That's who we're identified with. He says, now, he says, seed is not air. Here to the seed. One seed, not seeds, but one seed. Abraham seed was the faith seed that God was speaking, not his natural seed. After Sarah died, Abraham married another woman, had seven sons besides daughters. You can read this in Genesis chapter 25, and it says, Abraham took a wife, her name was Keterah. She bare these different sons to him. Verse 5, 
But and he says, but Abraham gave all he had to Isaac, and the sons of the concubine which Abraham had, he gave gifts, but he sent them away from Isaac while he yet lived. So, what what is it? The seed is not heir with the shuck. So, why is it important? Because when you come to the end, there's one that's going to stand. It wasn't Ishmael. It wasn't the sons of Keturah. It was Isaac. And when it comes to the end, there will be a bride. It won't be churches, churches, churches. It won't be brides, brides, brides. But it will be one, a bride. And in the message, seed is not ever the shuck. Brother Ram says, it's bride time. It's seed time. So there will be a people that are born of the promise of God. It's not because you're better, not because I'm better, not because our church is better, but because God promised and the womb it's born in can't help but believe and say, Yes, Abba, Father, be it unto me according to your word. That's the faith seed. That's the promise seed. That's the seed that's supernatural. That's the part that's in an unconscious realm. Brother Brandon would say, we were with, or Jesus would say, we were with him before the foundation of the earth. We don't remember it. But there's something in you that's impressionable. There's a seed that's at work there. There's a little germ. And all it takes is you to respond to it. I, I, I don't, like I said, Abraham, he didn't know why he did certain things. But as he went, it went along. I don't know everything. I don't have every answer to every question in the message. But I am convinced that this message is life. I have not found anything like it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed to say this is, this message will produce a rapture. This word will produce a rapture. It will produce a bride that is virgin just like Mary was. It will produce a people that don't want to put their own ideas, their own stamp on it. They don't want to mix things with it. Sarah, she, 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 she didn't believe she could bring forth, so she had Hagar do what she did. And yet, in the end, Sarah brought forth you know, and, and, and we took on Wednesday a little bit and ta- typed how God saw Hagar and he already saw Ishmael and the promise he'd given to Ishmael because Abraham said, oh, that Ishmael may live. And God said, okay, I'll honor that. And he allowed him to live and it's been a schism ever since. But I, and, and Ishmael means the God that lives and sees. The God that hears, rather. The God that hears. But if you take Isaac... The whole meaning of the name Isaac is, 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 is something else because in Genesis 18, when Sarah laughed in the tent, and the angel says, why did Sarah laugh? And he takes the very thing he would have destroyed her with, and he says, now you name your child Isaac. I'll come and visit you. And Isaac means laughter. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> laughter. The very thing that we, we would have thought. Oh, thank God of His grace and His mercy to us. I've, I've got, I'm going to try to wind this down because there's a whole part I really wanted to get into, and I'm, I'm going to save that just so I can break it, break it to something. Let me read this. This is in the message identification. 
The Word molds God's character to us. And anything that's tried to be mixed with that character breaks the mold. You can't mix creed with the Word. You can't mix the world with the Word. You can't serve God and mammon. Mammon means the world. If you love the world or the things of the world, the love of God's not in you. You can't mix it. Now, I'm bringing it down to this, just, just, just a minute or two yet. Your character, then your character that's been molded, will not mix with the world if you are molded in the form of God. By letting the mind that was in Christ be in you, that's the control tower, that's the direction. It's not about how much I learned and when I'm faced with temptation, you know, what does the message say? Like, I, I've often thought about David. You know, David, he, he was just out in the wilderness tending to God's sheep. He didn't have a manual. What happens when a lion comes? No, the Spirit of God came on him and he took care of the lion. He took care of the bear. You know, and then when he was called to, to go and fight Goliath, you know, he, he, he didn't scramble looking up the quotes. Goliath, Goliath, where's Goliath? No. Something in him rose up. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that denies? That's how much you need to be feeding on the Word of God. That's how much it needs to be a part and fabric of you. Because somewhere along the way, you're going to need that life to be expressed. It's got to become a human in your vessel. It's got to become a part of us. Let's have the musicians come. I'm, I'm true to my word. I'm going to give some time to our brother Stephen to minister to us tonight. I'm not going to wear you out this morning. Just let, leave, we'll leave it there. I, I, I trust, friends, it, it becomes a reality. We're not looking as student to student comparing Scripture with Scripture, but it's life coming into us. When you see that life coming in you, in you when you see those characteristics of the stature of a perfect man, and Brother Branham brings it so nicely, he says, now, we all possess a part of that. But he says there's a part that God has left that he needs to insert. You may have patience, but your patience runs out. You may have virtue, but your virtue runs out. You know, it's just like when God told Noah, build an ark. He said, now take gopher wood. And he says, and he says, you're going to need not just the gopher wood. You're not going to need just the instructions to the ark. You're not just going to need to have the right builders and things, but you're going to need one more thing. You're going to need a pitch which represents the Holy Ghost to come in and fill those holes on the inside and on the outside. And I would say without God in this last day, without His life in us, we will surely come short. We will surely fail. But He's promised it. I'm here waiting on it. Let's stand together. Thank you for your patience. I feel like I was rushed and maybe a little broken up, but thank you for your patience. I've got the life of God in me. That's not a boast. That, that's something that I, I, I could say, maybe it's in a seed form, an infant form, but it's there. It's coming forth. I've got the life of God in me.
We sang this at Young People's. We're all young people. There is no satisfaction outside salvation. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. There's nothing else like this message in human vessels. It's wonderful. It's glorious on paper. But it's so much better when it lives itself out. I, I, if you could think today, the reason that we're still here Maybe it's because of your life on display. Not just you, but the life in you. It's glorious. It's, it's God living in a people. Let's sing. There's there no, is no, no satisfaction, satisfaction outside salvation. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. There is no satisfaction outside I'll say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Oh, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me. Bye. 
if you can think about that which genders to bondage, the denominational system in the religious world is actually bondage to a lot of people. You can make this message bonded. I, I can't live it. You, you can't live it. You're right. But God never meant you to live it yourself. He meant to come and live it inside of you. And when He lives inside of you, there's a freedom, there's a, a joy that goes beyond anything else. Oh, it's the best life, Brother Ray. It, it, it manifests in every aspect of everything we do. It's, it's glorious. Lord, have the preeminence. Brother, Brother Bob Combe, can I ask you to come and pray after this? Have the preeminence that you need.